Until you're about seven years old, you basically live in your head. You feel things like anger, sadness, happiness, or annoyance, what are called basic emotions. But right around the age of seven, you begin to live in your head, and everyone else's. Messed up your presentation in front of the whole class? Yep, you're living in someone else's head. Shared your lunch with a friend and felt good about it? Yep, you're living in someone else's head. Cheated on a test, but your friend got in trouble? Guess what? Yep, you're living in someone else's head. Welcome to the fourth episode of the third season of The Mystery of Your Mind, a podcast all about ourselves, our world, and why we are the way we are. My name's Edward Thomas, and today we're here to talk about how the way we think others think affects the way that we react. Today, we're talking about emotions. So, what actually is an emotion? While the dictionary definition makes it seem easy, defining it as a state of mind, it's a lot more fluid than we wish it was. Depending on the situation, how we were raised, and even our own gestures or facial expressions can affect how we feel, react, and behave. I actually talked about emotions in the sixth episode of my first season, so be sure to check that out if you're interested in learning more. But there is one more thing that can affect our emotions. What we think others think of us. Called social emotions, when we recall, experience, anticipate, or even imagine what someone else thinks, acts, or behaves, we start to feel emotions, even when the situation doesn't have anything to do with us. Ever seen someone trip and fall in front of a crowd, and suddenly you felt embarrassed? That feeling could be argued as a social emotion. In all truth, what the person did has little to do with you, but yet you imagine what it would feel like for them, and that manifests as your emotion. Or when you hear stories about great heroes who've risked their lives to help common everyday people. There's this sort of warm, fuzzy, satisfying feeling. That social emotion is known as elevation. Social emotions are closely related to the concept of social cognition, or how we interact and react with others and others' reactions. To be able to make someone else's emotions our own, we need to know how they perceive and process their emotions. And since social cognition rapidly grows during adolescence, it's a prime time for the development of social emotions. There are a multitude of social emotions. Some of the primary ones that you've probably seen in your everyday life include things like guilt, jealousy, envy, pride, embarrassment, empathy, shame, and elevation, that warm, fuzzy feeling. Studies have shown that children that are only a few years old can, in fact, experience things like guilt or remorse, but the true range of social emotions takes longer to fully develop. In fact, Harris et al. found that five-year-olds could imagine when basic emotions, things like happiness and sadness, would appear, but it took until around seven years of age until they could explain situations where more complex emotions could come into play. Like with many things in social psychology, things can change when we put the word social into context. Swear et al. in 2011 showed how when we experience social connectedness, or when we feel a sense of unity with another person or group, we have similar emotional and physiological responses to that person or group when they're faced with a stressful task. 
Combined with the role that social emotions play in things like neuroeconomics and unfair or competitive situations, it's important to understand how we both interpret others, but also how we change our decisions accordingly. For instance, several studies in game theory have found that unfair dealings in the ultimatum game elicit social emotional responses like envy, social discomfort, and social exclusion. The ultimatum game is a game where two players try to split money. One player decides how that money gets split, and the second player needs to decide whether or not they accept that offer. If they do accept the deal, they both get whatever amount that they had previously decided on. But if the second person declines the deal, then neither player gets any money. This game has been found several times to elicit things like envy, social discomfort, and social exclusion, even though no matter what the deal is, both players in the end benefit. Social emotions are also a key part of dealing, receiving, and attitudes around punishment. When opposing groups or people punish each other, activation of the nucleus accumbens, which is the part of the brain that's responsible for processing rewards from actions, occurs. And that activation signals that we find it satisfying to punish an opponent, even if that can be risky to us in the long run. But we'll talk more about this phenomenon in one of this season's upcoming episodes on Schadenfreude and Glückschmerz. But this feature of social interaction leading to social emotion is key to understanding a lot of neuroeconomics and social psychology. Social emotions are also sometimes called moral emotions because of how they play a large part in our perception of morality and our responses to moral or immoral actions. For example, envy and jealousy can lead us to do something that's morally wrong. In response, we might feel embarrassed, shameful, or guilty. On the other hand, if you, say, do something to recompense for your actions, you might restore your sense of pride and maybe even experience an internal sense of moral expansion and appreciation through elevation. These emotions are social emotions, but they play a critical role in how we define morality and how we bring it into our own lives. Though emotions form an integral part of who we are and what we bring to the table, it's the things that go on behind the scenes, our social emotions, that truly make social interaction what it is for each and every one of us. Thank you so much for listening to the fourth episode of the third season of The Mystery of Your Mind. Once again, my name is Edward Thomas, and before we wrap up this episode, I want to direct you to a couple of links in the description. First off, there's a link to this podcast's Instagram, at The Mystery of Your Mind. There, you can find out all the latest and greatest updates and previews of the next episode and future episodes that await. There are also links in my description to check out this podcast's website, give me some feedback, or support me via Patreon. If you love this podcast as much as I do, be sure to leave a comment and rating in whichever podcast platform you're using right now. With your help, this podcast will be able to spread to so many more people so that they too can learn a little bit about the crazy world that they live in. Thank you again for listening to The Mystery of Your Mind, and I'll see you in the next episode.